I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Second Egg Podcast. Don't be stupid, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. I'm Zancy Weber. I'm in pain and I'm wet and I'm still hysterical and I'm also Sebastian. Shut up! I'm having a rhetorical conversation. And today... We are reviewing The Producers, written by Mel Brooks and released in 1967, starring Zero Mostel, Gene Wilder, Estelle Winwood, uh, Renee Taylor, David Patch, William Hickey, Barney Martin, etc., etc., etc. Welcome back. Hold up right there, Zane. I have a bone to pick with you. Why? Having listened back to last week's review of Black Panther yeah. that I was absent for. No, you weren't. You were there. You're doing your weird accent. Yeah, about that. Uh, I know. The audience knows. I'm going to just throw Alex into this as well. Also knows. My Kiwi accent is on point and comprehensible. Please demonstrate. Uh, give me a line. I'm not an improviser. That's my a- Kiwi accent. Oh, my Kiwi accent is the greatest of accents, bro. See, you can hear what I'm saying. Was you that know Zane? Or that was, was me. It? Yeah, oh. yeah, I was doing it. Right. You know That's the from, line that he should you say. tell him from South Island because of the dialect choice that I went with. Like, it's pretty solid accent. <laughs> right? So what are you saying? Mm. Uh, just, just letting you know, I heard I'm not impressed and mark my words, there will be repercussions for that. I quake with fear. And I like that game. <laughs> I haven't played Quake. I never played it. What about fear? Oh, I think I may have rented it once from the video store. Just a bit telling as to when that game existed. <laughs> so, the producers. Yeah. Hooray. The original. Mel Brooks first. The original. But not his last. Well, I guess he didn't direct the other one, did he? No. No, but he did direct other movies after this. <laughs> and he's still yes. alive, so there's time for more more, till, more still, right? Yes. Sure. Any production notes? I do have one, one that said was... Begging. Confused at. Yeah, <laughs> please go, please go. Um, so in the song Springtime for Hitler, there's one line that he is dubbed singing. He doesn't actually appear. Is it the Dusseldorf? Dolph one or the one that Zane said is it's don't be stupid, be a smarty, come and join the Nazi party. This is annoying for me. <laughs> Why? Because I was looking for him in that scene. <laughs> so he didn't physically but, appear? No, all? no, it was just his voice. Okay. He was dubbed. And the same that. thing is done in the in the remake. Yeah. For the same one? The yeah. same ro- and it's also usually recorded and played uh, in the Broadway. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I have no trivia. Was that all you had? That's all that I had. Zane? Yeah, no really fakey. Yeah, I'm very not prepared this week. Oh. And possibly <laughs> next week. I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we were... Yeah, it's like we're not doubling up recordings or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> so, talking, no, 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 no. Talking of doubling up recordings. I watched these movies one and two after each other, yeah. like in the one sitting. I believe we all did that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. My wife was like, oh, liked that movie. Can't wait to watch it again. Slightly longer and different. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah. Good weekend spent. Anyway, sorry. You, can, you may now proceed with facts. I don't, well, actually, I don't know I, why you would complain about watching great movies. Oh, but it was just like that, like, because there are so many line for line. Copies yeah. It was like we literally just watched the same thing twice. Like, it's almost like we're doing that for the specific reason of telling the audience a comparison between the two. But that is exactly what we're doing. It's like, Lucky you mentioned oh, it. Oh, no, I have to be on a podcast talking about movies. <laughs> oh, 
I just want to complain all day about whatever it is I have to do. The audience doesn't appreciate how hard it is to watch some of these films. Like, we watch a lot of shit. At whose behest? At whose behest do we watch all of this shit? The audience. Yes, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have pulled the plug on DC after Batman vs Superman. Guys, I've heard really positive notes from the set of Aquaman, and I think we'll be pleasantly surprised come December. I've heard Is really it? positive notes from the set of Batgirl because it seems like it's not going to happen. Yeah, Joss Whedon's out. Joss Whedon didn't have a story when he pitched it. Although I think that's a huge lie, and they're just trying to not go ahead with it, and they said, well, this is the line. But that's a conspiracy theory. Back to the producers. You're going to get used to saying back to the producers a lot today because my swift vengeance from the Kiwi accent will be a show of derailments. All right, do it. Like that movie Unstoppable where they're on a train and it has to stop because it'll derail and kill people. Zane, do you have any other <laughs> I'm getting. Notes? I was going to segue back. A segue <laughs> is like a train for one person with only two wheels. Mm, I don't think that works. Zane. <laughs> if you connect two of them together, it's so, a train. This movie was originally called Springtime for Hitler after the title number. But after it was done and wrapped up and edited and the producer, uh, Levine, said, no, it's not It's not going to be worth it. It's this terrible title. I uh, can't do it. <clears throat> they tried to compromise with Springtime for Mussolini, which made no sense <laughs> yep. at all. Good move again, not and doing it was that. <laughs> only after Peter Sellers, uh, who saw it by accident uh, when he was screening some other movies for a group of his friends, saw it and said, no, This is hilarious. You have to release it. So Levine said, Sure, but we're not calling it Springtime for Hitler. We're calling it The Producers. This is a good name. Yeah. 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 Works. Uh, and also, this is written from semi-autobiographical experience. Yeah. Uh, so Brooks, when he was 16, worked for a a down-and-out <laughs> producer. Max Bialystok. <laughs> yeah, uh, a producer who, who uh, was basically making ends meet by sleeping with his investors, who were mostly little old ladies, and <laughs> heard the story of uh, these two producers who were basically producing flop after flop after flop, and someone just said, heaven help them if they ever make a, a, a successful musical because they'll never be able to pay off all the backers hmm. <laughs> because obviously they were pulling this same scheme. What's that German director who... Yui Boll? Yes. Yep. That's, people speculate, is kind of what he does with all those terrible like video game movies. He gets a bunch of sponsorship money... Uh, to make the films from the properties that they come from. So if there's a Bloodborne, like the vampire game movie, they get a certain amount of funding. The German government will also back him a certain amount as well. But if the film doesn't make back its budget, um, everything is just considered a write-off in that case. Yes. And yeah. they speculate that he's constantly producing these lackluster films to garner very little reception because it makes him actually more wealthy by doing so. Yeah. But, yeah, oddly enough... Supported by the German film industry, just well, through a loophole. Yeah. Someone's got to be. So, yeah. so uh, Brooks originally thought this would be a play, but then he was like, "Oh, let's make it a book." And then it was like, "Oh no, that doesn't work." So it's got to be a movie. And then, of course, it went on to be adapted into a musical, and then back into a movie. So, in the actual musical version of this film, oh, sorry, of this performance. When did was that him? He did all the writing for all the songs and stuff as well. Or yeah, yeah. So he can't write music. He he doesn't can't read or write it. What he does is he basically hums or or sings a song into a recorder and then gets someone to transcribe it and arrange it. So I know that feel. He has written in inverted commas the music, but it it is kind of other people. And that's for the actual stage performance yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the book and everything will be here. And he had he'd written the book for two failed musicals. Uh, well, he has written the book. I don't think he had done it before this. So, okay, yeah. Uh, so, Mel Brooks hated Zero Mostel. Really? Yeah, just two big egos didn't get along. I was going to say because he's really sticky and gross. 
Well, I don't think Mel Brooks actually like touched <laughs> Good Jeremy Stell much. I recommend not touching him. Yeah. He looks so gross. He looks like Slughorn from Harry Potter. Yeah. But like sticky up. Like, <laughs> like, like Slughorn that was rolled on the, on the ground in a the theatre. Yeah, with all the popcorn like a, and the soft drink. Like a daycare, like just rolled through yes. a daycare. Yeah. You know, like at those certain weddings, they, like the Greek ways, they spit on you as you come down the aisle. Like that. Like, really? That happens? It's to ward off evil spirits. I'm not Greek though, so I can say this is gross. Aren't you? I'm definitely not Greek. That's because you're racist. But uh, I'm pretty uh, sure being spat on is considered gross by know. most people. All you Mediterranean people look the same. Not Greek. <laughs> not Spanish. Greek. No. Sebastian's a Spanish name. So True. after <laughs> this movie, they never work together again. Thank on God. On the other hand, Levine, the producer, hated Gene Wilder and wanted and was actually going to give... Uh, give Brooks more money to find someone else to fill the role and Brooks had to basically convince him to to, to keep him and that it would work for the movie. Wait, sorry, just to refresh, who hated the first guy? Gene Wilder or Mel Brooks hated the first one? Mel Brooks. Okay, and then, but the producer hated Gene Wilder. Correct. She is wrong. He, He's a national treasure. He is wrong. Wait, yep. she is wrong. The, he. Oh, I thought the producer was a lady. Levine. That's... Is the name? last name. Uh, I think it's Joseph Levine. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I thought Levine was her first name. No. He is wrong. <laughs> You're thinking Levine Cox, aren't you? Le- Laverne. Laverne <laughs> Cox. Adam Levine, lead singer of Maroon 5. That's not even right, is it? Yeah, Joseph yeah. E. Levine. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, Joseph E. Levine is Joseph E. LaRong because Gene Wilder is amazing. Well, yes, he was also the one that didn't want to release it in the first place. What so a- Joseph E. Levine was... What a human taint. Got him wrong. Good. He was wrong. He was just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, and also this movie might be the first iteration of the term creative accounting. Really? Yeah. yeah. 67. Yeah. What did they call it before then? Um, fraud. Uh, fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fraud. Fraud, um, accounts fuckery. Illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those things. Crime. <laughs> yeah. Criminal. Criminal. No, that's it. That's um, it. That's all I got. Yeah. So babies, 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 babies. Uh, I had the feel of Clue, not the plot or anything, but like the way that it was shot and looked, um, mixed with my favorite musical. Oh wait, no. If you put Mamma Mia, it's Chicago. I wrote Chicago. Ugh. <laughs> Really? Even so, like uh, there was stages and stuff, but there weren't like actual <laughs> stages in Chicago. The one I saw, for me, it was the one with Richard Gere. The musical, yes, yeah, yeah the one you saw, yes. Uh, <laughs> the movie Chicago, Chicago uh, is is the musical. A funny thing happened on the way to Forum which is a Stephen Sondheim one, which also originally starred Zero Mostel. In Can Sazzle I shock League. you with something? You don't know of it and you haven't heard of it. And Not even a once. It's because you're an uneducated dolt. So. Oh, because musicals are not my bag, baby. <laughs> I think yeah. if you watch this musical, I think you would find it very funny. Uh, it's, not, it's not very entertaining to listen to like just on the soundtrack because a lot of the comedy is very farcical with people running across stage and quick costume changes and men being accosted by women and women being accosted by... It's, it's very funny. Okay. Uh, very frantic, very similar to kind of uh, the Gene Wilder, uh, Zero Mostel dynamic in this movie as well. Yeah. Uh, and then cross that with... Oh, I've forgotten it. What was? This is why I should write down notes. It was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum crossed with a chorus line because of mm. everything that happens on stage and around the theatre world. Cool. A chorus line is also a movie. <clears throat> so, Oh, a chorus line. I thought you were saying a chorus line. And I was like, what's a chorus a chorus? line? I thought he said Coruscant, like that <laughs> city planet from Star Wars. I was, no. It's fine. Like, <clears throat> a chorus line a chorus is line. both a musical, okay. a stage musical, and a movie musical about a group of dancers auditioning for a show. 
with a rather difficult director. Huh. Well, this uh, <clears throat> this is like any other Mel Brooks movie, but I personally think better. Spaceballs and... <laughs> better, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. Also, it's just a combination of all Mel Brooks plus better. Yeah, specifically because in just about every other Mel Brooks movie, there's a throwback to this movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he loves Hitler. Mm. Yeah, apparently. And musicals. Being, being a Jew, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it's funny, like, when this was released, like, he got so many letters from rabbis across New York saying that you are, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, blah, 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 blah. And he wrote back to every single one of them saying, like, you can't fight Nazis by getting up on a soapbox with them. You have to make fun of them, which I think is true. My response yeah. to this is the worst that's ever happened would be correction. The Holocaust is the worst thing that's ever happened. Full stop. Perspective. Full stop. I believe. I believe they the worst thing that a, a Jewish person has ever done to another Jewish person. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I've seen Prince Jewish. of Egypt. They also the, weren't Jewish. No, but like, but the brother was Jewish, and he was Moses before he like freed the slaves. He was living the living the high life with the Egyptians. Yeah, he wasn't Jewish then. Wasn't he? Because he freed all the people, my people, let my... He, he was born to Jewish parents, but he wasn't raised okay, Jewish. Ju- Judaism is very difficult when you have both a religion and a race. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I'm happy there aren't natural-born Christians running around wild, A, because of how violent they'll be, but B, because of terms and nouns and pronouns. <sighs> <laughs> Tweet nonsense, does anyone? <laughs> Just got to keep the ball rolling here. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. Um, I'll start. How about that? Wait, what were your babies? <laughs> I, I said it. It was like every other oh, Mel Brooks okay. movie. No, it's, that was your babies. Better. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought that was an introduction to what your oh, babies were. No, no, yeah. no. Just better was the, yep. the other part. My <laughs> plus goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I think this film summed up was a sleazy, possibly sticky Broadway producer Cons a mild-mannered accountant into joining him by defrauding the IRS. That is exactly what the movie is. <laughs> yes. Yep. Zane. You see that? Wow. Paid attention. <laughs> uh, producers and accountants, equally terrible people, but good lovers apparently. Mm. Hashtag Mel Brooks. There you go. Um, do you want to be a producer? Do you want to see some uh, scan some scam some people out of money? Watch this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a, a very good handbook for how to do it. Oh, because no, but no, <laughs> I don't know. It's a very entertaining way to do it. I learned some pretty important lessons about dynamite at the end of the film. Don't let it follow you. <laughs> dynamite has ang- like separation anxiety and will come after you. Don't trust the dopey German guy. Some good lessons in this film. Like you could put them in a handbook. Yeah. Maybe not a producing handbook, but like a handbook. Maybe not. How to blow up a theater, how not to blow up a theater. How to... (laughs) Shall we move on? How to dodge someone (laughs) shooting at you with a Kluger. You know, there's a couple of important things. All right. Are we talking about the good or the bad? Let's do the bad first. I just think that we're going to have more on the good than we're going to have on the bad. So we get the bad out of the way and then we can focus on the positives. All right. Okay. So the bad for me was I can't believe that I've never watched this movie until yesterday. You're a piece of garbage? No, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this, this version either. Um, what? Really? Really? Yeah, really? I have, oh. I'll, I'll talk next Funnily week. Funnily enough, we weren't born in the 60s. Neither was Zane, <laughs> I assume. Well, we don't know <laughs> that for sure. So. But also, if I was born in the 60s, I would still be an infant when this was released. So you're going to be born in the 50s? We don't know. An Science. infant, you could have been born right on like 61 and you could have been six and you could have a good memory somehow. Somehow. I was honestly warned off watching this film by a couple of people because I, I, we'll talk about it next week, but I really enjoy the newer version of this. And I was told, okay, you have no need to go back and watch the other one because it's just, it's not going to be what you love about the new one. Like they take away a lot of the songs. I was just told that this is not a musical. They they kind of talk in rhythm in this song, which I was like, hey, I can do that. But um, not that I would enjoy watching it. So I was, yeah, but wasn't this, 
Isn't that nasty? I, so I, they I, rap. That's what you're saying. No, I was to quote, talk in rhythm. That's I'm rap. not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just giving the quote that I received. Or it could be beat poetry. Yeah. Which is rap. Guys, I'm, this isn't me paraphrasing. This is exactly what I was yeah, told. Uh, so the bad for me is some of the cinematography is really, I guess. Cheap. Cheap. Or I was going to say kitsch. Like yeah. when but the the most offensive moment for me is like when he's, when they go into that role play of the chauffeur and the countess and then like he, he starts and then it just suddenly like cuts to like, two feet over to the right, but really focused on his face. I'm like, oh, that could have been done a lot better. Is this during the intro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a moment where he was like half on the couch and then when it cut, he was yeah. on the couch fully or something. It was really weird. But again, like this is his first direction. So yeah, still learning. Um, like I've, I honestly think this is his strongest text. Oh, yeah. Um, Mel Brooks' text. Because it's not parodying anything. It's an original it story. <clears throat> I think that's what I really enjoyed about it too. And like having seen a lot of other Mel Brooks movies and then watching his first one, it kind of, I don't know, it it made me think I really should have watched this a long time ago. And um, I, I do think that this is yeah. probably necessary viewing for any film fan especially any comedy film fan um it is it is a pretty perfect comedy i mean as a text taken take the like the actual technique out of it as a text i think it's a pretty good comedy it goes one act too long but you know nazis what are you going to do i have a sour point to talk about go on Oh no. Oh no, said so that you just forget the point. Oh, yeah, no, you remember now. Okay. So the whole subplot of Bialystok sleeping with all the old women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the next film, I think it comes off as just pretty darn funny. In this film, however, I, the, what's the name of the guy who played Bialystok? I, I can't pronounce it. Zero Mustel. Zero Mustel. He, it was gross. Like, it's already a gross concept, but at least in the next one, it's played for so many laughs. Here, when I was watching, I, was, I literally had a couple of moments where I was like, oh, this feels like I've gone to a dark place in the internet that I do not want to be in. Like, his performance was actually just, like, revolting in certain points. He's not... Yeah, I th- that's the kind of the joke. Yeah, but I like... Okay, maybe I'm just used to the newer version where he's sleazy but comedic. This guy just felt... Gross, and I really irked me with his performance. Like I just after that, I had trouble. Like I can in the new version, I can get on his side. Like yes, he's being a con man effectively, but he's a very desperate man. In this, it just felt like just a gross man doing gross man things. And I, I, I honestly like think it. that's the difference in charisma between Zero Mustel and Nathan Lane. Yeah. Also <laughs> true. Because the, the, the dialogue and a lot of the mannerisms are almost exactly the same. Yeah. It's just the difference of character. Well, I'm, I am trying and to sweat, attack... maybe. I am trying to attack him as opposed to the script. Yeah. But I was not a fan of his performance. Like, when it was just him and Bloom together... Even even some of those weren't great. He just came across as really gross, but mostly it was you know bearable. But the all the old women stuff, it was oh particularly nasty. I was grossed out. I thought it was funny. I liked it. So yeah. gross. Why was he wet? I, Why that's was he the always point. wet? That's that's honestly, I think that was the point of Max Bialystok in this movie is like he's just a disgusting person. Yeah. In every way that you can imagine a person being disgusting, Max Bialystok fits it. Like he's sweaty, he's gross, he's lecherous. And and then you have these these little old ladies that he are basically paying him for his attention. Yeah. He's a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, remember when we pitched Rob Schneider as a prostitute? Like, I would, I mean, I don't want to, but comparatively comparatively to this, I would watch that, but I wouldn't watch this. Like, there's levels of disgusting. 
Do, you know this movie doesn't force you to watch him having sex with a little old lady. I'm right? aware, but he was just so gross in everything he was doing, even when it wasn't with the like the ladies, and it was just him and Bloom. Like it wasn't great. I don't know. I I, I didn't get oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know, on I purpose or not, it was a choice I did not love. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Any other bad? What? Why was he wet? <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. He's a sweaty man. All maybe the time. Was, maybe he was taking a lot of steroids. Who knows? I, no, I'm pretty sure like that was on purpose. Well, I'm sure it was, yeah. but it was still like, I oh, mean, yes, God. Zero Marcel is a very sweaty person if you've ever seen him perform on stage. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that was on purpose. Have you guys seen the comedian Lee Evans, the English comedian? He was uh, the, probably. Yeah. You guys seen um, something about Mary before? Yeah, He's the guy that pretends to have be crippled? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very funny stand-up comedian. But he actually has to come out there with a couple of towels because he he just drips the entire yeah. time, like disgustingly. And he's like, I mean, like jumped out of the pool, disgusting. And better to watch him do that than Zero do these things. Do you think it's, it might be because you don't have any like connection with him? Like, like hear me out, like with yeah. Nathan Lane in the, in the newer version, you've got him as Timon, you've got him in like, other roles that like you've the you've seen cage. before. <laughs> that amazing bit in Austin Powers three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um but like you're coming into this movie and you you don't even know who Zero Mistel is. You're like, who the fuck are you? Not Nathan Lane. <laughs> exactly. How dare so you like stand it, where he stood. <laughs> it might be like I'm not saying that it is, but for me, like sure he wasn't my favorite character, but like it kind of sounds like there's that prejudice of not being Nathan Lane in that role. Yeah, you know what? A little bit. You could be right. I, I don't it's coming across that. I way. don't I hope I'm not doing that, but I'm not gonna say you're wrong. It could be true. <laughs> but my major criticism is he's not Nathan Lane. Yes. So, <laughs> so make it that what you will. There you go, done. <laughs> Whereas I think Gene Wilder in this movie is kind of seven point five 0.75 of what Gene Wilder will actually turn out to be in the rest of his movies. Yeah. Whereas I, I think he's kind of underperforming in this movie a little bit. Yeah. Um, was it, this was going to be one of his first, isn't it? Yes, yeah. so I, I believe it was one of his first. I, I don't know how many he'd done beforehand, mm. but I think, mm. like, I think he was he interpreted as playing the straight man to Azura Mustel's. Yeah wacky guy where I, th- I think these two characters play best as two wacky, wacky people, people also other, playing yeah. straight man to each other's wackiness yeah. like that. That's the, that's the balance that they have. So, you know, Gene Wilder, uh, while I 100% enjoy his performance, I think, I think if he did it again after he was more comfortable in the medium and with the text, I think he would have, uh, really kind of bumped it up a bit. Yeah, maybe if he didn't have a producer that hated him. True. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, like, uh, because of that, Brooks really took him in under his wing yeah. and, like, really ushered him through, so kind of protected mm. him. I want to criticise the sound of this film. This film, the sound quality was particularly bad in certain Is it because of the no. 60s? Well, a lot of 60s movies was, sound has issues. Well, I had trouble picking up a lot of Gene Wilder's lines every now and then, like him specifically. So when you say he was a toned down version of himself, maybe performance-wise as well, but I also think that he just wasn't captured as well as he normally is. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm going to point out the worst scene possible. This this was like this still stood out as the worst scene. So they weren't all like this, but when he's running around the fountain, screaming <laughs> and thing, like all you could hear was the fountain. Like it yeah. was badly done because he's saying stuff that you should be able to hear but you can't but it wasn't the only time that happened in the film so yeah but it is an old it is an old film but the warriors is older and i can understand every fucking line in that movie so there are excuses but there's also like blues brothers came out four years earlier than this and we still understood every single word in that film and it was a musical so bigger budget though i will be 67 Warriors was 63 or was Warriors 73 actually? Maybe Warriors was 73. I think it was in the 70s. No, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 73. It's something three. Looking it up. 1980. Which one? Warriors. Blues Brothers. And Warriors was 77 then? The Warriors. 79? What am I remembering? 
I don't know, but this is 1967. Yep, this is definitely getting younger. 1979. I'm well off. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is 12 years before. Well, excuses, excuses, excuses. <laughs> mm, those technological advances in 12 years. But mm. it still wasn't great. Yeah. And well, whether it's anyone's fault or not, it's still worth noting. Jerks. <laughs> What's 73? Alien? Was Alien in 73? I don't know. I feel like we've... Maybe it was one of the other Mel Brooks movies that we've watched. No, Alien wasn't 73 because the guy that made Warriors went on to produce Aliens. Maybe it was 83. You're very... It's been proven wrong time and time again by this fucking IMDb thing. Take my word for it, listeners. Don't look to the internet for facts. Just listen to this internet show yep. for your facts. This is all the facts you need. Not an oxymoron. All right. Any, any other bad? Um, the Nazi... Um, he was incomprehensible at certain points. Wait, the actual Nazi or the guy playing Hitler? The actual Nazi. Good, because I didn't have any issues with the guy playing Hitler. <laughs> yeah, the actual Nazi was, I can't say I struggled to understand what he was saying. And a lot of the lines he said were the same lines that Will Ferrell will say in the next one. So I knew where they were. I've, I've seen the next one a lot and I was mouthing along to a lot of the words in this film first time watching it. Yeah. And even then I struggled to pick out what he was saying because the, I don't know if he's an actual German actor or whether he was just an American putting on the worst accent in the world, but it did not carry that well. I think, I think a lot of it came down to the budget and the ability to get multiple takes because they only had 40 days to shoot the entire movie. Mm. So I, I I do think Brooks was kind of under the pump to say this is the right shot and you got everything we needed. And again, we didn't have dailies back then either, so they couldn't oh, true, actually yeah. watch what they captured until they're actually putting it together. Gross. The past is gross. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we're only talking the 60s. You go back to the 1660s, there is just piss everywhere. And poop. Gross. We're going to move on to the good stuff, yeah. or I think that's it for the. I oh. mean, the the I mentioned it before, but like it goes on for like one act too many for me. You needed to really tie in that that German that the success of the show with the German attacking, with them blowing up the theater, really into that final verdict bit. Yeah, to kind of get just all that in the third act, and I think that's something that they really figured out how to do. In the remake. Well, it's it's the cutting the blowing up the theatre part because yeah. literally it changed nothing. They still went to jail. So you, yeah. if you could take something out and the ending doesn't change, it doesn't need to be there. But, oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm also, <clears throat> yeah, talking uh, that, that weird bit where it feels like it's ended and then it goes on a bit more like, oh, okay, no, so we're adding a bit more to the story and then on a bit more and then, okay, so we end on a joke. So, But the good... Mm. It's pretty funny. Zero Mustel. I love Zero Mustel. Uh, His frantic person is one of my favorite depictions of a frantic person. He reminded me of a fat pink panther. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I thought that (laughs) Peter Sellers, that's a a pretty high. I like Peter Sellers, I do. He and Gene Wilder, I thought, worked really well together. Yeah. They they meshed well. Like, I. I, I do agree with you at your point earlier. If Gene had like been more comfortable and played a, like a wild man to his yes, wild man, yeah. like that would have been even better. But I think as it was, I was I was laughing at all the points I needed to laugh. Yeah, um, and they really sold the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with without without their interaction, without their partnership, without them playing off each other, the movie isn't yeah. funny. Exactly. What was good apart from the fact the story was lovely and it was funny? Well, Carmen Gear, Roger Debris, again. Yeah. They sold it. I did the th- I'm going to do the thing that I always do and go I forgot I forgot a bad. When they're going up to see the Nazi and there's that one woman that wants to stop them and have like the most ridiculously drawn out conversation possible that just it wasn't funny and it just really I'm served. Serious. Yeah. Like you know I didn't sound? laugh, but it just served no point. Let me try something new. Tell me something that you thought that was good. 
I can't. I simply can't. You have to, Seb. You can't just take what we say is good and say, oh, well, you know, no, I, I actually thought that was pretty bad. I just remember because I remember sitting in there. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Um, what is good? It's hard because it, it, it was a funny film. We've already praised the performances. Like, no one, no one stood out. Like, this is not an Oscar-winning film where someone gave a, a great, you know, dramatic performance. Like, get behind. Like, they were funny. Their jokes uh, were on time. won the Oscar for no, best screenplay. But I'm no, I'm saying, like, <laughs> just saying, like, the screenplay is great. The writing is the best. But I can't. That Brooks has done. But we've done that. We've covered this. So no, we like, haven't. I hadn't brought up the Oscar. <laughs> I have that in written down once. here to talk about. But I mean, like, we've covered. We we like the plot. We like the performances. I'm just like pick out like one key point that was great. I like the, the song "Springtime for Hitler." You know that. I like it more next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the way Hitler was picked. Um, all the different Hitlers. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Ulla. I mean, she can come or she can leave or stay. Like it's. I think it was, it was a nice break from all the men on screen. True, and all the Star Wars. <laughs> right. Mm, gotcha. That would be topical back in the 60s. Not even. No, it wouldn't nope. have been released yet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Almost. As soon in- as we get pre-70s, Seb's just got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock did this, didn't he? <laughs> well, and I will say, on the, on the screenplay, in, in, tri- in typical Brooks style, there are a lot of different references and like reference humor. Like Carmen Gear is referencing like a car, and there's a the the cockroach when they're reading the plays is is That's Kafka's a, yeah Kafka's it was a it's a novella then, but it then got turned into a play. Like all of these references are more like literary and real world instead of when he moves on actually referencing another movie mm. or something like that. And I think yeah. that is a richer richer kind of reference than the parody stuff that he moves into. Agreed. What was good? What was good, guys? What was good? Did you like the Adolf Pigeon? The Adolf Pigeon? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like... A lot of these. Yeah. This is when we're finding out that Seb watched the first half and then turned it off <laughs> to watch the next movie. I was like, "This is the worst fucking producer man I've ever seen." He's sticky and wet. <laughs> next, <laughs> um, what was better in this film than the other film? That'll help me. I do like Gene Wilder's face. Mm. He seems like such a nice guy. I'm sure he's not, but he seems nice. Isn't that nice? Like he looks like he looks like a friendly guy. I don't. Th- I think he looks like a crazy person. Nah, nice, fine. What was good, Zane? Anything else stand out for you? I'm struggling. Like, I've covered everything that was good. Like, it was. I really liked the final joke in the movie, the uh, the prisoners of love. Like, <laughs> incredibly guilty. Mm. Um, I think that that they spawned that quote as well, and then into them doing the exact same thing in the prison. Which I'm not sure how that. Would work. They're all in line as well. So like they can hear that a hundred percent of the play has been sold yes. in front of them. Like it's yeah. You know, that, and yeah. why why don't you just sell less than <laughs> yep. play while the warden's buying in? Yep. Like yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but no, I think that that final joke was fine. And like there there aren't many jokes in this that didn't land for me. Well, I guess my problem with Brooks's less funny stuff is not that the jokes don't land, it's that they're, they're jokes that I cringe at, whereas even the jokes I don't laugh at in this movie, I'm like, yeah, that's a good joke. Mm. That, that's, that, that's structured really well. Whereas in the, in the next few, particularly Spaceballs, it just felt like riff after riff after riff after riff that might not actually, like it might have been improvised in the moment. Yeah. So... But yeah, so I, I think this is a really strong, uh, really strong screenplay, and I, yeah, so it's it's quite easily Brooks's best, in my opinion. Anyway, maybe Blazing Saddles would be the contender against it, but yeah, it's for me. Yeah, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are my two favorites going into this screenplay. Though Young Frankenstein dawdles 
a lot. Whereas this one is really like bang, 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 bang. I think I just like the running gags in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Like they, 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 it isn't just all over the place. Like they have certain things that will just continue all the way through. So it's stronger for me comedy wise. But Alex, anything else that you'd like to praise? Um, the runtime. It was very, it was very <laughs> short, wasn't it? it was yeah. An hour and a half, like almost to the dot. Um, yeah, it, it cr- didn't. It didn't feel like. Oh, this scene needs to end, or you know, something like maybe a little bit at the end, but like yeah. for the most part, it was wanting more. Yes, yeah, like, I mean, we yeah. touched on Zane saying it could have skipped a little bit at the end, but if it did, it probably wouldn't have been feature length. Like, because I think it was an hour 24. I think that's what I remember seeing them. Yeah. So, like, you cut 10 minutes from that, and it's like a Just put more springtime in there. I mean, yeah. it works. <laughs> next time. <laughs> the next one was like two hours and something, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. But that's 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 again that's adapting the musical, which when you add music yeah. into all the different scenes, you and add. a couple of subplots as well, but like yeah. also like um, Leo Bloom's prison like life in the accounting firm. Like, yes, yeah. You know, and add, the love plot. Yeah, add something mm. like that in to this movie and take away the blowing up the theater. Maybe yeah, you know that kind of equals itself out, and then you get like. Okay, this guy is actually already in a prison. This is why he wants to do it instead of, you know, I'm, a, I'm an accountant and I want to do a, be a producer. I have some praise. I thought of something. Because I'd only seen the, the remake. So this is a weird bunch of praise, but I like that there were actually a couple of plot differences between the films because when they went to blow up the theatre, I was like, oh, it's kind of clever. They didn't do the other one. Like they, they, they at least took a step. Like they, they touched. Like let's go kill the actors and everything. But yeah, oh, I, I enjoy. The you see, now I see what you're saying, but I actually hate that because you said it. <laughs> Which one? I'm just doing you. Oh yeah. See, so, yeah, when I say something, I like you know, like oh, I didn't actually like that, but I, because it, everything's terrible. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. I, I, was, I see what you're saying. I was doing a bit. But you're into the accent, so how did everyone know it was a bit? Oh, well, you weren't doing the like accent, that, eh, so I... Same. I'm just matching. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Um, <laughs> although, just to do what Zane said, I hated the guy that played Hitler. I know you liked him. <laughs> oh. But... Yeah. But, but then again, a nice Are you doing sh- a bit about yourself now? Because yes. I'm so, I'm so many levels deep. Meta. Um, although I did I also appreciate that it was different because I obviously... In the version I had yeah. seen, it was the author and then the director. So having it be like the dirty hippie man. I think I think this is the joke of the time with that that beatnik sort of like infiltration of Broadway and like what would be funnier than a beatnik playing Hitler? Like that's how you get that. Uh, whereas I don't think if you had a gay person playing Hitler gay would kind of land the same way as it did when it was converted into a musical and then back into the... Mm. So I, I think for the, the movie of the time, like, that was the perfect choice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, I will say... So, okay, this production is obviously meant to fail the way that they're, they're booking it, yeah? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't because the crowd takes it as a satire and they love it. I think that makes more sense in the remake when they because they went along with pitching, getting a serious actor in for the role and then due to circumstances, someone else had to fill in and they weren't the right fit. Whereas in this film, the director says he wants to do something different to what he normally does, serious, casts this man and even within like the, the, the rules of the world, like he directed him, he ran him through, they practiced and that was the performance that he apparently gave the thumbs up to, which doesn't make sense within the narrative of itself. Wow. Yes, but it's actually Max who cast Hitler, the producer and not the director. But the direction wouldn't have... Yes, but the the idea is that this guy is so clueless that he's just going to give you the same performance no matter... You give him the Mm. words and he's going to give you the same performance. And it just so happens that if you do everything bad, it's going to be funny. And if you're doing something funny about Hitler then it's not offensive and so people might like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whereas it, it, I think it makes just as much sense. Um, but, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to argue about now I'm done. Um, do you guys want to move on or is there anything yeah. else? No, yeah. Zane, you had a speech about Oscars. You kind of gave it like... 
it in won the, moment. the Oscar wow. for best screenplay. Oh. Mel Brooks was not prepared for that to happen. Went up without without a speech. Literally shat himself on stage, I believe. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> but just like Gene Wilder in the final scene, he improvised the speech. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Yes, for me, it's a good film. Mel Brooks' best screenplay. I think it's. I, I think it is necessitated that any film fan watch this, especially if you like comedies. This is also a yes from me. I can't believe it's taken me this long to actually watch this. Um, yeah, I, I laughed when I was meant to, which is always good. Um, and, like, I have another confession. I've never sat through the remake of The Producers <laughs> fully until now as well. Like, I've, I've seen fair chunks of it like i've almost seen the entire movie in different stages but i think if i wanted this story and i didn't have two hours i would sit down and watch this again so yes (laughs) you know a story i want to watch in this hour and a half that i have spare (laughs) the producers maybe i've only got an hour 20 and i want to play it on like 1.3 speed i appreciate that alex is like one of like a grandparents like i'm gonna watch my stories on the tv (laughs) um it's a yes for me as well um it was a pretty enjoyable. It was pretty funny. I wish I had more music in it, but like we're going to touch on next week. If you want a more musical version, it exists. Um, I think the only reason it doesn't have more music in it is because Mel Brooks can't write music. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> excuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was very funny, very enjoyable. Uh, like I would bring like that, you know, that hand sanitizer you can buy, like the like shops like chemists, like just for your hands, because I think that after. Anything that Bialystok does, you're going to like want to just like cleanse your body a bit. You know but it's how fine. you when you're watching a movie and <laughs> the main characters aren't in the room with you, like yeah. oh, Zero Mostel is actually dead. It doesn't <laughs> exist in the world anymore. <laughs> That's actually the best news ever. Um, wow. You're the worst person. <laughs> um, wow. No, uh, just yeah, caveat. I think it was a bit gross in points, but overall enjoyable. So. Big old thumbs up. And Gene Wilder, so charming. Such a charming young man. Good. I'm going to do a prequel. A prequel. Who do you want to star? I don't know. Can you make it like West End London musical? Mm, is that what you're telling me to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what could... You want to set it in the West End of London, or yeah, was like, London's West End. It's their mm, theatre district. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I was going to say Upper East Side, but that's where they kind of live in the sh- in the movie. So uh. okay, all right, I can do this. It's also not a movie. What? It's a TV series. Okay, we're going reality TV show oh, in the 1950s. Not what I wanted at all. <laughs> well, oh, good. And it is Max Bialystok staging Funny Boy in the West End in the in the city of of Shakespeare, uh, staging the musical comedy version of Hamlet. And exactly how that goes wrong, because Can I we guess? all know beforehand that it is panned mm. uh, and he's just come off the uh, the failure of that in on Broadway, but he, he did it on West End first because you need Shakespearean actors to do it, don't you? Apparently. Apparently. So, yeah, so this is basically we're following him along the production path, 1950, finding the director. It's basically the producers but without... Without Leo and finding, but not finding the worst, finding the best Shakespearean director, mm. and then etc. 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 and leading up to its eventual failure and closing three nights in. Oh, I think it's hilarious. I'd watch it. Yeah, I mean, I watch it too, but it sounds sad. No, it'd be funny. You just imagine Nathan Lane. Yeah. Just just yelling at these stuffy British people. If it's Nathan Lane, I yeah. can. 
Well, Zero Moss still's dead, so we have to have Nathan Lane. But you, I don't know. You said it in the past. Maybe it was made in 1950. Like I reality don't know. TV didn't exist in 1950. Yeah, I know it didn't. But like the magic of a pitch, the magic of the pitch. All right, that's it. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get yeah. in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash secondtake. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, yeah sure, that yeah. one. Or Second Take Podcast, you, you find it. Yeah. And Twitter. At second take TNC, or we we have an Instagram. Funnily enough, sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we have no videos. No videos of pictures yet. though that are funny. There was, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> really. Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash second take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Ah, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not allowed to watch any movies unless we're reviewing them. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to that's not kind of productions.com, which is the mothership for all of the other, all of our other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. (sighs) And maybe just one day, There'll be solo podcasts that we do. That you solo can find podcasts, there. yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah, yep. The Good. best kind of Fun. podcast, no interruptions, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of, none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, "That's that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works." Just because it's you in the room by yourself, Seb, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray. The world is a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.